The following contains adult subject matter and language that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. In other words, there's going to be a lot of fucking cussing. Ah, Rose knows. Unless you sound like old dirty ass motherfucker. <laughs> Rose shit hit different. Bro take a long time, man. I hate these artistic dudes. He's coming. Yeah, it was Rose. Come on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we started. I didn't see the show. The show is up. This is the Kind of Famous Podcast. I'm your host, Lester Rowe. This is the first inaugural, I said it, I pulled it off, Twitch stream of the Kind of Famous Podcast. Um, it says test. I'm trying to figure that, figure that out. So here's the thing. The reason I'm switching. Wait. Rowe is famous on Instagram. Rowe is famous on Twitter. Uh, if you go follow me, do all that. This is going to be complicated for me, first of all, to work a production of a live stream video while also recording it, thinking about the stream. But uh, we're going to make it work. If you do not follow, go follow Arrow Films at arrowfilms.com, A R O W E Films, and the Facebook page, facebook.com slash kind of famous pod, K I N D A famous pod. And this first episode, friend of the show, we got Rome. Rome hey. is in the bit. There she go. There she go. Uh, if you're listening on the streaming, go to twitch.tv slash row is famous. That's how you go watch the Twitch. I'm going to figure out how to move this thing around so you can see this on YouTube, see this on Facebook. But primarily, we're adding Twitch to the show. Uh, the reason for it is because in 2021, I want to do something different. I want to add an extra element uh, that doesn't feel uh so one dimensional like we have video but the video i gotta i gotta shoot it then i gotta edit it with the live stream it is what it is and what makes it perfect i don't edit the show anyway so whatever happens happens and it happens live as well i have one thing that i do need to fix real quick is the uh title there we go um I think we're calling this didn't ask for this. I didn't ask for this. Yeah. It may come up. It may not. I don't know. But so <laughs> Rome, how's it been, Rome? Oh, man, it's been interesting to say the least. How have you been? I'm trying to duck that Rona. I hear you, man. That's how I've been. Speaking of your film. Bravo. Thank you. Thank you. It's back there somewhere. Stay home. Actually, uh, stay home. I should have said that in the beginning, but stay home is now in. Well, we'll be a part of five film festivals. That's uh, amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I, I couldn't expect it. It was just. Now, you know, did you have to throw your hat in the ring for that or did someone nominate you? How does that work? So you submit, you submit 
um because also with film festivals it's like a fundraising event for them that has been largely why i don't participate in a lot of them um because at the end of the day the way the world works is money well not even that part as much as like we are content creators so i want to get my stuff out to people and with a film festival it works like this i did this in april it came out in april you submitted Mm -hmm. in april for it to show in october or november or whenever or even 2021 for that matter that's like when you're constantly creating something that's that's too wide of a window to miss uh, on growth or miss your own momentum i had i created my own momentum with it and with things working the way it worked uh they're not necessarily going to deny me for have already previously released it because a lot of these festivals don't even want you to put it out until they show it. They don't want it for the public because they they want to hold you back. Right. And that's just not how stuff works. But on the other side of that, if you pay them 60 to 200 bucks, basically that's about the range of cost to enter a film festival. You pay them 200 bucks for them to, turn you down and you just been sitting on it you don't know that until if i make it in april the soonest film festival was in october i didn't know till september well and with the type of film it is it's kind of like a strike while the iron's hot type of exactly otherwise it's considered a period film back in 2020 some crazy shit happened and i was doing it when it. it was still like raw to people yeah you know, it was still new. If I would have waited, I would have looked reaction. You know, it would have came off reactionary because five, six, seven months had passed, and it was a you know, Corona was Corona. So, but it's uh mm-hmm. doing well. Yeah. It's it has created a lot of opportunity. Uh, we was a part of the selection process for Sundance, which is That's big. We got denied, but it was still. The feedback was great, and some of the opportunities that they have awarded me for the future makes that worth it. So that's great. Yeah. But have you ducked the Rona? <laughs> that's the important yeah. part. Yeah. I mean, I have yet to test positive or find myself in a situation where I've thought I had it. Um, you know, I've I don't work from home, so you know, in the beginning, I was very concerned that it would be very easy for me to catch it. I know some people very close to me who have had it, but um, I don't know. I've managed to not get hit with it, and hopefully it stays that way. The people that you know and had got it, what has that experience been like for you, like knowing that, like that new information where you can touch people firsthand and go, man, how was that? I mean, these people are relative very very close to me um so it's not like oh someone i know and i haven't seen since high school it's like someone i speak to and see on a a consistent basis and it was interesting to see how um how it affects everyone differently yeah so in this dynamic um there's a husband a wife and a child (laughs) that all tested positive the child had no symptoms. 
and I'm sometimes I wonder if maybe I've had it, but I've been asymptomatic. Um, but the child had no symptoms at all. The wife had no uh, sense of smell or taste. And then the husband, he went through it. He had basically those really bad fever symptoms, um, high fever, nauseous, didn't want to eat, all that stuff. Like he was going through it. Did you, have you, did you get, are you in a part of any of the fear? Cause you're in Florida mm-hmm. and, uh, y'all have an interesting situation down there. Have you been mm-hmm. nervous, uh, based on y'all reg, uh, regulations and things like that? I personally haven't. However, a lot of people around me are very nervous. Um, actually, uh, I'll give you a real life scenario. You gonna hear it here first? Okay. I don't have a soundboard um, right now. So. Um. So today I found out that someone I work very closely with was exposed to someone who tested positive. Now that person has to quarantine and get tested, and if they test positive, then I'll have to quarantine. So, um, that literally just happened today and, um, I don't feel scared or worried or whatever. Cause I'm like, okay, let's say I do test positive. My concern is going to be making sure I'm not getting anyone else sick and just making sure I take care of myself until I get to a point where I test negative. Like what else can I do in a situation like that? I just feel like fear doesn't fear is not the solution it's the prevention and being responsible so it's like fear ain't gonna fix shit so i don't i don't operate out of fear all right gangster um yeah 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 see with me yeah you are you traveling at all for the holiday or i personally am not um and that's because i'm just trying to chill out and plus most of my family is in New York and New York is very strict, man. And it's like, I don't want to get stuck there. I don't have to, oh, if you come here, you have to sign this thing. You know, Is that the situation? That it was at one point and there have been talks about them doing another shutdown. So it'll be just my luck to go up there and then they be stuck. You know, announce a lockdown. And then I got to explain to my employer and, and it, anyone else that i'm involved with like oh yeah i won't be back for a few weeks like nah i can't do that to myself so i'm just chill yeah i typically travel down to texas um see my family and it's nervous because uh kansas and wichita in general their numbers are we're one of the top that is rising and I think about like if I go, I can't see my grandparents, and you know, you, 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 it's just taking all the precautions because in the confidence, like I don't have it. You know, you stop at a gas station for this and that, then you stop at another one. You're just constantly raising the stakes, and then who knows yeah. with the other family who's traveling and blah blah blah. So it's like, you know what? I'm like the worst person to talk to about this, to be honest with you. Oh, here we go. What's fake? What's fake? I'm not saying that. It's just that 
I've been through a situation where I've been extremely sick. I've yeah. had a virus. I became septic. My organs have been shut down. I've been on a breathing tube. I mean, been there, done that. You know, it's like, so I think for me, my outlook on all of this is, is not the average person's outlook. So for me, I don't know. I, I'm like, look, everybody just needs to wash their fucking hands and wear a mask because you don't want to go through that not being able to breathe shit. It's not fun. Yeah. It's not a game. But for me personally, it's like, okay, I try my best to wash my hands, wear a mask. I try to limit going out too much and stuff like that. But when I think to myself, like, bro, nothing's worse than what I went through, you know, before with that situation, I just feel like my perspective is kind of skewed. But I feel like someone who's never been through that type of medical trauma or experience, like that shit, like will fuck you up, bro. Like that's that's honestly how stay home. I won't say it started, but the more the, the scenes that people talk to me the most about is because I had a friend in New York who was a nurse who got it. And that's in April when we don't I mean, March, when we don't know a lot about it. And the way that she described it, I was like, ain't no way in hell I want that. Like, I don't even want to kind of have it. Like, dying is, not, the process of dying is not fun. Shit, thinking about dying ain't fun. But I'm saying, like, something like COVID, it's like, it's, it's sound like some die slow motherfucker type shit. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what it is at this point, really. Because, think, if it starts as a cough that progressively gets worse yeah and your lungs start feeling that's dying a very slow death like i don't wish that on anybody it's horrible man yeah what she said particularly was um that breathing hurt so bad that Mm -hmm. she wanted to die like she's like i just i don't just we can stop this um and she was on the machine and everything so lung failure is my lungs hurt for probably a month after I got out the hospital. Like, and when it hurts to do something involuntary like that, it's like, man, it's, it's just so weird. It's, it's like something you've never felt before. And, and imagine if you already got something like asthma or or whatever, it's like, it's not fun, man. So I just always think about that every time I see anti-maskers or anti-maskers, whatever, fighting for their rights not to wear masks. It's like, Yo, it's all fun and games until you're until on you a, a breathing tube. Right. Like, and you don't want that. But guess what? Rome's back in the building. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Moving on. <laughs> uh, let's see what we got. I, I had something. I had something. Oh, I actually. <laughs> so <laughs> hey, can we talk about what you sent me? Um, yes, if we could refrain from mentioning the the uh subject of the conversation. Okay. Or or, I, or or the individual. Well, I think this how do you tell a person that they're bad at something? Or not that they're bad at something, but the particular thing that they that they are attempting is a no-go. Okay, let's just give a real life scenario. We could okay. talk about this. Okay. A photographer who thinks they're doing something, but they really not. Okay. 
First of all, I could take better pictures on my iPhone and using PixArt photo app. <laughs> this is the worst HDR I've ever seen in my life. And it's like, if we're friends and you've asked me like, hey, what do you think about my photos? I could be like, I could give constructive criticism pretty well. I can give that. Hey, I mean, I think they're okay. They're not the best. I really feel like this photographer, there's a lot of room for him to grow and, and develop. It just comes off a bit amateur. And I think you deserve better. Do you think, um, now here's, but just uh, unsolicited saying that shit, that's kind of bad. Is it different? Um, does he have like a ego with it though? He doesn't, but he seems like the type like, okay, who are we talking about? The photographer or the person in the photos? The one who needs the criticism. I feel like they both because the, the person in the photos is a music artist and he needs to be aware of his image. So I feel like I could tell him about it, but I don't know how I could tell him about it without things becoming awkward because I feel like he's a little sensitive as far as the photographer. I don't know the photographer, but let's say I did. I would hope that he could accept that criticism because the only way you improve is by taking feedback into account and improving on those things. Now it's up to them to consider the source. I'm not a professional photographer. So they could say, you know, fuck her opinion. She don't know what the fuck she talking about. She, she don't even do this shit. Huh? You know, but they can run that uh, feedback by some other professionals to see what they have to say. But I'd be like, don't take my word for it, homie. Talk to some of your peers, but, but you man. know, at the end of the day, this is how I look at it sometimes. Um, because you know, people would be like, fuck their opinion, so and so hate him. But the way I look at it a little bit is when you make content for consumption, photography, art, music, fuck the other professionals. We're gonna have our opinion. If the people are like the people is for, or like, ah, it ain't it. It probably just ain't it. You could be massaging I mean something that won't that has way too many wrinkles. Right. I'll tell you this. Consider the source is a real thing, right? However, if you hear the same type of feedback from more than one person, like your ears should open. Now for me, even if I'm hearing the feedback from just one person, if it's something that makes me feel, I, I always try to be open-minded for the most part. I'm not perfect, but if someone tells me something, I'd be like, really, really? But like the HDR is too heavy. Wow. And then I would cross, I would have a conversation with someone else and be like, yo, bro, so and so told me this and that. Like, keep it a buck with me. What you think? Like, that's how I would handle that situation. Cause I want to be self aware. That's how you grow. Yeah. No, 100%. 100%. I think mm -hmm. when people, it's so hard to do that now, like in, in the social media world where, Sometimes people hit the like button because they saw it, not because they liked it. That's facts. No printer. And so you can, when people use likes as a currency, you know, a, a currency of affirmation, they think, oh, I'm great because motherfuckers like it. So it's hard to like for feedback 
to not end up like a feedback loop. Like, well, if a thousand people fuck with it and your one comment comment is saying it's regular, they're going to go with a higher value in their own mental space. Yo, you know what? It's up to the individual, though, to an extent, because like whether or not they treat those likes like currency, like you yeah. still have to be self-aware in the real, real world. That's what I meant Yo, about like, self-awareness. Like you, they lose their self-awareness. Like, live in the real world still. Like don't just be in Internet world. Yep. So can I tell you a true story? Another thing that happened today. I don't know if you're like a psychic or something, but you know you what I'm it's time to like, talk happening to me so today i made a tweet bruh i swear to you first time this has happened to me and i have less than 100 followers on twitter bro the tweet got 600 likes in less than 24 hours well you know what we can do i deleted it ah <laughs> Why are you del- what was it? Um in this tweet I was sharing a response that I made um to a public figure regarding a controversial matter that's help- happening um in another continent <laughs> and um I used to hashtag and my, my, my tweet was very witty. It said, so-and-so said they have no regrets. Well, neither do I. And then I showed the screenshot of my, of me, like reading them for filth. I was going in. I was like, and that but I wasn't wilding. You know, I was just, I was just like schooling. I'm like, yo, you are wilding the fuck out. And I think so many people were in agreement that, it just started getting shared and reshared and shared. And I'm like, why the fuck my shit got to be getting lit over some shit like this? And I'm going to tell you why I deleted it. Some people started getting spicy with me and that wasn't bothering me so much. Cause I'm like, I could just mute them. They don't know me. They don't know my life. You know, and one person was like, yeah, it's nice to have an opinion, but you're not relevant enough for it to matter. And then I wanted to be like, well, it's a good thing that uh, I don't live for tweet likes and shit you know what i mean but i was like i ain't even gonna respond to that but what really got me upset is that some of the responses to my tweet involved them sending nude photos of the person that i was criticizing um them just bash bashing her it was a it was a female um in ways that i just found to be disgusting and i felt like if i stayed silent on that and and I didn't address that, that I would be adding to the problem. And it's like, yo, I could be critical of something, of someone without having to hop on this bandwagon of completely humiliating them. And I, I didn't stand for that. So I was like, you know what? This tweet doesn't add any value to me, what I do or any of my future plans. And I'm seeing some disgusting things here. And I feel like the right thing for me to do is to just delete it because it went in a direction that I didn't anticipate. Now, do you feel like you did it mostly because of the feedback that you were getting versus, you know, because when you're not prepared for like shit to blow up and people to attack you. expecting it. Yeah. I didn't care about people attacking me. 
but I was just very disgusted by the fact that people felt so comfortable tweeting nude photos of this person in response to my tweet. Man, who says something? (laughs) I want to know who it's about. Completely uncensored, you know what I mean? And I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm still a woman. You know what I mean? And, you know, they were attacking this person in ways that had absolutely nothing to do with the topic at hand. And I just wanted to tell the classroom, like, y'all niggas need a focus. And like, there's ways to to win the war without having to undercut people and get off topic. You know what I mean? It just like that's a level of ignorance that. I want to. It's like you and I having a political argument and being like, "Yeah, and that's why there's a fly on your head." That ain't got nothing to do with the conversation. It's just gonna make you look stupid. Is there a fly on their <laughs> head? Is it funny as hell? Yeah. hell? yeah. But I don't need to state the obvious and bring up irrelevant shit. Like if I'm good at what I do, I don't have to stoop to levels like and do shit like that. But maybe I'm just getting old and shit. But you know, with with Twitter, it is about like getting it all for um i mean for the response for for the for for the type of engagement that's gonna make shit go up you know that witty yeah, one line because it's that. it's micro blogging and it's like i want to do something that's it's wit you know twitter twitter is about being wittier with the the moment and sometimes, you know, as a celebrity, they're going to be the butt. That's what the fucking trending topic is about. Like, yeah. we want to go trending. We want to say something that ends up in the uh, in the timeline. Yeah. And, and that made me feel uncomfortable because I'm like, you know, God forbid we find ourselves in a place where someone disagrees me with me and they're being critical with me or whatever. And then out of left field, some old ass news from 19... 19- 99 hit the time i'm gonna be like yo what the fuck is this ain't got nothing to do with the conversation why y'all doing me like this shit like i wouldn't appreciate like that would be humiliating on another level and it would make me feel like i can't express myself without concern that someone's gonna violate me in that way you know we we should never be made to feel that way i think about that sometimes like you know if if Lord's willing, I'm gonna be top ten of something to ever do something. And I think about all my old tweets. And then I think about, man, how can I go scrub all that shit? But then I think about I said the shit. Fuck it. I said it. Um I tend to hope that people believe revenge porn is a thing. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's I I do think things are harder for women, you know, like the stuff that Cardi and Meg go through. Um, even when I feel like, hey, that's what y'all signed up for. People like women against women. I feel like it are way tougher than men against men and men go for it. But I think women cut in a way that's like, damn, why would you do that? I mean, let's be real. Unless homie got a micro penis, a guy's dick pic leaking is going to have a totally different response than a woman's a woman's naked photos leaking. You think? Absolutely. I mean, positive. You mean more negative for the woman? Correct. Cor- correct. I'm. I'm sorry. Oh, I don't no. even. How did I word that? I feel like for men, 
if a dick pic leaks, it's gonna be like, oh girl, did you see his dick? Oh, it's it's gonna be like a celebratory moment, like, yeah. Oh, for women, I, it's like, oh. <laughs> I think it depends on the woman. Unless he has a micro penis. I think it depends on the woman. Because women women are already flirting so close to nudity in general that like you know a woman if a woman puts a swimsuit joint out and she puts a lingerie joint out it ain't really that different from each other but the lingerie joint feels more humiliating for some reason I don't know I feel like me being in the full nude nipples and lips out and all that like to me is a lot different than me being in the skimpiest of lingerie um, or underwear or anything like that because it's I don't know it's kind of sacred and that's something that's typically only seen when you make the choice to share it and if you make I don't know. I just feel like it's different. It's weird what you're saying. I, I, I do agree, but I think there's something funny that you don't see a lot of, for the amount of dudes that send dick pics, mm-hmm. you don't see a large leak of that. Yeah. And yet you would assume that it's more embarrassing for the woman but you don't see a lot of dudes like shit out there to know how embarrassed a man would be in those situations. Well, it depends. It depends on the manner in which it's done. Right. So let's say um, I was involved with a dude named Bob and Bob has a micro penis, but I still, you know, dealt with Bob because I loved him. And then all of a sudden we broke up. Shit got ugly. And I'm like, Oh, I'm gonna tell the whole world about your micro penis, and then you leak the photos. Then it's humiliating. But then you're gonna be like, I fucked though. <laughs> I know, but it's still humiliating because the world knows about your micro penis and they would not have known without someone outing you. Well, I gotta now, be a micro penis. Can it, like, so you think anything other than a micro penis would be like, Okay, whatever. I'm just being, I'm using one extreme, right? All right. So then I feel like if your dude's holding something nice, how can you humiliate him with that? Like, he's just going to have people like, ooh, ooh. (laughs) Like that. (laughs) It's not like, oh man, look at that big, disgusting dick. No one's going to respond like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right unless um, there's some warts on that bitch or something but it's like you know what that's that we you know we can come out of dick pic topic sorry <laughs> donkey dick look at this motherfucker with this mule <laughs> i mean as a man i don't know i think you can speak to how you would feel if someone leaked your photos against your will and you don't have to get descriptive because we don't we don't have a night you wouldn't give a fuck not really because i I think that that, i think that says a lot (laughs) ain't nothing wrong my dick i mean let it go it's one of the things where like you done seen these scenarios go so many times like all right well just pivot like make it something you know what i'm saying don't if i can't i'm probably the wrong one because 
It's like I do so many things I don't give a fuck about that. Okay, it, it's out. But I'm of the but I fucked up. <laughs> like this is yeah. how you know this. Like it was, I, I could tell you why I brought up the micro penis joint. Oh man, because Sorry. I was watching this. I was watching this video on YouTube of Howard Stern interviewing. Wait, he had a smallest penis in the world contest. Why is that a competition? I don't know, but I watched it and it was very interesting. <laughs> who, who won? <laughs> I don't know. I was just like, oh. And some of them were very confident. They were like, yeah, man, it's been like this my whole life. You know, I got a girlfriend. Oh, really? It was just very insightful. I'm like, yo, these guys are out here and we don't even know. That's why it's important to be kind to everyone. Well, I'm going to switch topics because I've been dying to use my setup here. All I'm right. Gonna, I'm going to switch this. We're going to go to Twitter uh, for a segment that called, it's called Ro Reese Tweets. Um, in this, pull up Twitter. Let me, how do I get this? Guest right there. Boom. So this happened. Someone said, um, so someone shared a Twitter and I guess or a um, screenshot from Snapchat that's allegedly real. Uh, I'm putting their name out there, so, but whatever. And in this, it says black men who date white women. How does this make you feel? Oh, I've seen this. You seen it? Yes. I will stay quiet while you finish describing it to everyone else. All right. So I'm going to read. Yeah. My response is right there, too. Hold on. Get that out of there. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for y'all. Uh, so <laughs> That's private. That's a private conversation. <laughs> I am embarrassed. <laughs> you know, the dick pic is one thing, but my tweets, that's... Look. <laughs> now we're going a step too far. But so it has these uh, screenshots. Snapchat, whatever, a Snapchat. It says, I'll fuck with a black guy, even date for a bit, but never marry. Uh, OMG, same. I don't see the appeal. If you're on Twitch, you're looking at this right now. So if you are listening on Spotify, Apple, however you listen to podcasts, go over to the Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash row is famous, and you can get, see the visual of this. Um, it says, oh, OMG, same. I don't see the appeal. Black guys would do anything. Uh, to be with a white girl. It's kind of pathetic. Then someone says, you don't understand OMG, so-and-so. But that was another part that was just, hold on. LMAO asked a white guy to come over at 3 a.m. and he'll say no. Now ask a black guy, he'll come over there in a heartbeat. Then there's another page. Black man will go above and beyond to please you because being with a white woman to them is a dream come true. Uh... Then there's another one. Say, if you tell a black boy, I want to pee in his mouth, he will let me. No way would a white guy. Black guys have low self-esteem and love us. <sighs> so much to unpack here. Unpack. Let me go back to my video here. Rome, what do you think? Wow, wow, wow. Uh, so many thoughts. so many thoughts um 
First of all, this is not true. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, all right. Let, let me start here. This is where I'm going to start, guys. Okay. Um, Want to be careful with what the fuck I say. So, um... I've been in a relationship with someone who you who is a black male that used to date white women. Did you pee and on him? I did not. Okay. However, he did express to me that one of his frustrations in dating white women is that they would treat him like he was good enough to fuck, but like not good enough to br to be in a relationship with or that they wouldn't want to bring him home to meet the parents and shit like that shit like that shit like that so <clears throat> i feel like this conversation about black men is not true about all of our strong black men that know they the shit this conversation is about black men who don't i who don't um okay the black men who are only interested in white women because they may have low self-esteem they don't have appreciation or assign value to dating within their race or they don't assign value in being black at all they have a complete disregard to their race and ethnicity and and what all that shit means now people are free to date whoever they want and be with whomever they want however i do stand to question black men who only date white women when you have a preference to date only white women there's a reason why that's your preference mm. and there's got to be something deep rooted there and the the whole insecure thing and all that stuff it may be synonymous to to that outlook and preference so i don't know many of those guys yes yeah, same. Same. I've, I've met a few of them and i'm and i'm like you and i we we ain't we ain't from the same circles bruh you know what's interesting about this is that there's the other part of it where black women would say we only date white girls because they're submissive I feel like that may, I feel that is the case for the man who, who's a control freak, right? The man who it's extremely important for him to be in control. He may find the white, the white submissive woman to be an easier target. However, there are some, um, there are weak women of all shades, colors, and ethnicities. So I don't necessarily think that that's fair. Now, what I will tell you, um, black people, like we, we are some of the dopest, we are the dopest people on the planet and not all black people are monolithic. So I do I identify as Afro Latina and my ancestors are blackity black, black, black. So I'm including myself in that, but dopest people on the planet. So my thing is like, when I meet some of these black guys that are like, Oh, the only reason why it seems like I only date white women is because black women don't give me the time of day and i like who likes me and i feel like that screams insecurity you know and and maybe they're like you know it's it's easier for me to captivate a white woman 
than a black woman because the black woman standards are completely like I, I can't live up to those standards, you know, um, which that can bring on a whole nother conversation is if if you were confident enough, maybe you would appear more attractive. But that's a whole nother tangent. Yeah, um, we, we'll, we'll, we'll stay within context. So staying within context, I feel like as it relates to their experiences, there may be some truth to their feedback. However, I don't feel like they've been involved with real black, confident men that don't give a fuck about them <laughs> like that they probably need to try to shoot a shot with a few of them homies and that'll that'll get them right in line because see the thing about what they were saying or the position that i've read from this it's like like i'm who are these niggas like who who where where is this where is this happening we know it happens but it's like you know, like for me, if I was dating a white chick, I can tell one who's just in this for the experience. They're not really like, they don't really fuck with me like that. And I think most of us can um, because it feels that way. But then I, as all that shit they were saying is a bunch of bullshit, honestly. Like, well, let me ask you this. Let's say. Uh, what age group do we want to use? Do we want to use college, high school? Like where where we want to go with this scenario? Let's go do. college. Let's go college. You are in Indiana, where the population of black people in this college is a very small percent. Five percent of the school is black. How is it that a black man can feel entirely confident when he's completely outnumbered racially? And he doesn't have a clan, a, a large enough clan of his own people. And it's probably since been this way his entire life. So my thing is like you, these ladies may be having a conversation and describing a, a specific type of man who's had a specific set of experiences that have led him to come off a certain way. That's why I think it's so important for people to have world and life experience with different types of people so that way you don't have such a small-minded view on things you know and then you you describing a whole entire race of people as such that's just ignorance yeah but i think that but like i mean confidence is confidence right so if you confident um you know in your scenario a part of me want to say it would have nothing to do with being black you know, they would they would be on their safari. Essentially, it could be a factor, though. It could be a factor because I feel like I'm just talking as far as his confidence in dealing with these kind of women. Right. However, you say that it could have nothing to do with race. Right. I feel like in order for a black man in that dynamic to grow up with a sense of confidence that confidence would have had to been instilled in him by those who were responsible for nurturing him, or he would have had to pick that up from somewhere because it's just human nature that when you're outnumbered, that you tend to feel a little weak, a tend to feel a little insecure. It's very, it's very human, okay, and normal 
to to feel that way when you don't see enough of your own people um when you see your people getting picked last when you see your people having to constantly fight to get something it's very easy to feel insecure so you're gonna need that black mom or that black dad and be like you know what when you go out in that world just know you the shit hold your head high and don't and don't let these motherfuckers try you and if they didn't have that mom and dad let's say they're being raised by a mom and dad that also struggles with insecurities themselves therefore they can't teach that confidence to their children then you're you know then we find ourselves in a situation where we have that beautiful black child that that lacks confidence. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways that this can be chopped up. You know, everyone's individual experience of half is going to be different, but I just think that it's very important not to allow your experiences to be the, 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 the sample of an entire race of people. And I think that's the biggest mistake um and what i'm seeing with this conversation well in this conversation we'll just say this uh black men are not desperate to marry white women uh not all. hold on not as a monolith <laughs> in general that is uh, not their calling in life yeah. <laughs> uh what else we got here um you know what a part of this i'm probably clipped but a part of this to me reading this is my message to black men is be able to weed this kind of shit out like when the type of stuff they saying this isn't something that you think and don't have actions that echo it in general so if you see some actions from a white woman or any woman but more specifically because for this conversation a white woman uh you need to scram dude but but that's my thing like would they would they even dare to say some shit like that to homie's face like nah but i think the action like what you said behavior what what, what you yeah the behaviors that they would have he should be able to read that. The reason like I say Like if she's that, making you chase her or she's treating you like you're not good enough for her. I don't know what this is like, so I can't really, you know what I'm saying, to be like, when she do this, because there's, I've fucking exit for less. But mm-hmm. the, the reason why I say the actions versus them saying the shit behind the scenes is if we juxtapose this against Black Lives Matter and we see... Mm-hmm. um what I've a term that I have heard called these fake allies. Um, you know, there's going to be people say I fuck with black men. I like black this. I like black that. But when it comes down to the actual actions and behaviors, it don't quite feel like the respect is there. You're still Example. treating us like below the line of uh, decency. The The same person that I told you, that gave me the feedback that when they date white women, it's like, oh, I'm good enough to fuck, but not to bring home to your parents. I would feel that that would be one of those red flags that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Or or oh, I'm not, I'm good enough to fuck, but not to be your boyfriend. Like that type shit. But my thing is like, even like, let's take away the whole romantic or sexual sense of the conversation. Like these be the same type of people that if one of their white friends call them the N word, whether it's jokingly, seriously, or out of anger, 
don't excuse that behavior. Like they're yeah. showing you, they're showing you yeah. who they are and that they don't fuck with you. Why are you going so hard for these peeps that don't respect you or care for you? And it's like, these are the same messages I hear within my own community of women that settle for less and that ignore all the red flags. It's just the shoes on the other foot where it's geared towards men in this racial in this racist dynamic you know what i mean and um it just it feels like i'm in a twilight zone because when i see black men the black men that i know the black men that i've dated like they be feeling themselves too much sometimes it's like bruh <laughs> and bruh. like you don't know what time but it is bruh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's kind of it's it's kind of weird because like i said i don't know many of those men but I'm sure they exist. And I think ultimately, um, one, we should be very mindful of what we say and how we speak about entire groups of people and, and all those things. I would say that's lesson number one. And lesson number two, we need to stop loving people that don't love us. Shit, I ain't got nothing else to say. You said it. I know you're going to say all that. Sorry. That was it. All right. So, you know, we're on Twitch twitch.tv slash Royce famous i gotta incorporate that i'm excited i like the way it's looking and coming off i'm not watching the feed so i really don't know <laughs> what y'all see but um here's a question here's a question speaking of relationships we're gonna do this and we're gonna read an email all right but would you go to a wedding oh crap here we go Hold on, hold on, hold on. Would you go to a wedding of a friend that you know is being cheated on? Oh, give me, give me a scenario. So, the scenario. So my homegirl's being cheated on by a dude. You know that her fiance has cheated recently, or is actively cheating going into their wedding day and she's my friend she is your friend now i'm not gonna say class uh close friend let's just say moderate friend enough that you got an invite to the wedding okay so if she's like okay we went to high school to that together we we keep in touch on facebook i may come to a birthday party every now and then like we ain't on it on it like I I personally um I I I would not attend the wedding um and I feel like when it comes to weddings if we're not super close friends and I don't show up to your wedding I don't expect you to hit me up and be like yo why ain't you come to my wedding like cuz we ain't even on it like that right Now if we're close enough to where you can question me about why I didn't show up to your wedding then we should be close enough for me to let you know Yo, um, it, there's trouble in paradise, homie. <laughs> like, I don't know. For me, I know a lot of people say, like, mind your business, but it's like, I feel like at, having been married and having been divorced and all that stuff, like, I feel like marriage is something that needs to be taken very seriously. It's not a game. And if that person has an opportunity to tap out before saying I do and you have compelling 
evidence that they're being cheated on and they're a true friend, like you got to do them a solid, bruh. You got to do them a solid and say something. What, um, let's say it's like two, two days. Let's say you, you found out you heard rumblings of cheating like two weeks out. And then you see something two days before. Now that you I in, saw something firsthand. You saw something. Let's say you even got into maybe you didn't see cheating, but you saw some text or something where you feel confident that this person's out of line. Um, two days before the wedding, you are about to ruin someone's happiness. Uh, you know what? I feel like either way, if I say something to my friend or not. I shouldn't attend the wedding. If I say something, I can't show up to the wedding because I don't want to be supportive of this fucked up situation. Like it would break my heart to be in support of that. Um, and I would have to just gracefully fall back and bow out. Um, and then if I feel like whether I say something to my friend or not, I wouldn't show up to the wedding. If I've seen it with my own two eyes. All right. Hold on. So now they are married. Okay. Okay. And then she says, why didn't you come to my wedding? Um, so I'm very manipulative. So my answer is not going to be textbook. So let's say her husband's name is John. Okay. I'm going to personally reach out to John and I'm going to say, John, your wife and I, we've been friends for many years. And your wife's asking me why I didn't show up to your wedding. And I want you to know the reason why I didn't show up to your wedding. I didn't show up to your wedding. Because they, hold on. Are they together or separate? I'm speaking to him one-on-one. -on -one. Okay. John, I didn't show up to your wedding because um, I saw ABC XYZ and I'm fully aware of blah, blah, blah. And it would have been very difficult for me to sit there with what I knew. Now, the right thing for me to do would be to tell my friend what I know. <laughs> However, I wanted to allow you the opportunity to let her know. So uh, somebody's going to look like a fool, uh, either yourself or me. And all of this, but since she's your wife, I want to know wh what do you think we should do about this? This sound like some Hulu shit. <laughs> it sound like some off a Netflix series. John, what do you think I should do? Do you think I should lie? Like, what do you think I should do? You, if do I was, I'm gonna take the fall for this and look like the look like a bad friend, or what should I, what should we do, John? What should, what should we do, John? Well, Rome. Yeah. Rebecca loves me a lot. She, huh? I happen to know she loves you a lot. But if yeah. you think you're going to be able to come in between me and Rebecca and ruin this marriage, you got another thing coming. Oh. Now, I don't, I don't know what you think you saw and what you mm. think you know. Oh. But it's okay. not enough. Mm. So try. I wonder. I wonder what would happen if I reached out to the other party involved, John. 
There is no other party. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. I guess we'll find out very soon then. I guess we will. Well. <laughs> well, we'll let that be that. <laughs> I think I'm going to go. To be continued. <laughs> I'm going to the wedding. You're going to the wedding? I'm going to the wedding. You doing the Tootsie Roll and everything in a circle? I, I'm, I'm sure. No, nah, I ain't going to participate in the wedding. <laughs> But I ain't you going go to eat the, the free food and drink. <laughs> I was invited, my man. Uh, what would I do? I mean, I would go to the wedding one hundred percent. But I wonder what. You know what? I mean, it's weird. It's like you could go, act like you don't know anything, and then once shit hits the fan, and 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 they find out, and then they lean on your shoulder. Whether or not they choose to disclose to you, they've been cheated on. You'd be like, damn, man, that's fucked up. I always knew that nigga wasn't shit. I knew it. I should have said something to you, but I didn't want to ruin a good thing. Let me, here's, a, here's something. Here's something. Here's something. Um, If you call, let's say, let's say you and your husband or fiance um, was going to be married. I mean, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. And he calls off the wedding. Did y'all break up? Ooh, it depends. He got cold feet. Let's say his reason is I just don't. I don't think I'm ready. Bye. <laughs> then what? You said it depends. What would be a scenario on which you didn't break up? <laughs> like so, it'd be like john and rebecca okay john calls off the wedding and he says you know what rebecca a lot has happened from the time i proposed to now and i've just really been thinking about all this and i honestly don't feel like i'm ready here i i feel like there's some things i i do know that i love you i do know that i want to be with you but i don't know that i'm quite ready for marriage um and then I feel Rebecca can be like, well, what is it? What are, what, what, what's causing you to feel reluctant? And if they're having a constructive, mature adult conversation, it can be like, okay, let's work on these things as a couple. Let's grow a bit more. And then once we're ready, we can maybe try this proposal, set the date shit again. And I feel like in that case, you can be together. But if it's like, if, if, John's not a good communicator and he's like I got cold feet I'm not sure about this and then he doesn't really give her much more then it's like you're not sure about me oh it's not you it's just that you know I'm not it's like nah you gotta you gotta give me something you know what I mean I feel like without effective communication and depending on how he truly feels like if it's like he don't fuck with me or like I just feel like he's looking for an out. It's a wrap. I'ma just let it rock. Bye. Does he have to set up the situation to kind of be clear this isn't a breakup, it's a pause? Or can he say whatever he's gonna say and leave the other side open ended? For you to feel like we're still together. No, I feel like relationships are responsibility and when you're talking about a union of two people that should be one of the it should be the the most important relationship in your life and it's like 
if you can all right if you're gonna tell me you don't want to move forward with a wedding but you can't articulate to me the reasons why and what you would like to happen instead i feel like that's very irresponsible so i feel like before you you break something off like that you need to if you need to see a life coach or whatever you need to figure out what it is you truly want and how it is that you truly feel before you break that news to your partner. Because if John stepped to me on that shit, it's not my job to dissect and to coach John through his own way of thinking, because I'm obviously going to have some sort of bias. I'm going to be loaded with emotions and all these types of things. Like it shouldn't be my job to guide him on the way he feels and what it is that he wants. I can participate in trying to make sure we're both on the same page from my perspective, but I don't want to be held responsible for helping John figure out what the fuck he wants to do. He needs to be a grown man and figure that out for himself before he tried me with some shit like that. How much time would you give him to try to figure it out? He needs to have it figured out before he breaks it off with me. Like before he even breaks the news to me, he has to say something. He's like, I don't know what it is, but I just want to put it on ice. If he steps to me like that, I'd be like, I bet, you know, and then I, I don't know. I don't know that you can put a set time limit on that without having certain feelings. You would know? you have some would, bonds are different than others? Would you become suspicious though? Would it you depends. trust what he said, or do you think that something's not right? You know what I'm saying? It like, depends. It depends. Yo, like it depends. I've I have quite the slew of experiences with partners. Um, I've had partners that I'm like, okay, if if someone so let's say his name's Bob, if Bob said to me right now, you know, I love you, man, but I just I really don't want to rush into things. I need to put this on hold. And I'm like, what the fuck, Bob? Why? Why? And then Bob's like, I don't know, man. It's just it's too fast. It's too soon. It's too much. When I look back on the relationship between myself and Bob, I take into account a few things. Bob is still young. I did kind of pressure Bob into trying to propose to me. I've never had any suspicions of Bob cheating on me. It's very clear that he loves me. He's always stood by me. He's always been supportive of me. So my hopes would be that Bob finds and connects with the resources he needs to better dissect his feelings and emotions and that we can come together and figure out what the fuck we're going to do. Now, if Jimmy, who's I, who I've always had suspicions of cheating on me, he's very emotionally disengaged. He hasn't been extremely supportive, but I, I've been tolerating his shit, but the sex is amazing and all these different things. Like, and then he tried me with that shit. I'd be like, you know what, Jimmy, fuck you. I'm sick of your shit. It's it depends on the relationship, man. It depends on the relationship, the person, the feelings that you've you've accumulated and the thoughts you've accumulated about this person over the term of your relationship. It really depends. Do you I, I studies show um and I studied them. Um I think I studied the studies. I think 80% of marriages proposals happen due to pressure from women i don't think most men want to propose when they propose i think they start to feel the energy like damn she wants something like i think it's 
I was just telling someone earlier. Um, they got a uh, proposal for a get a job, and the guy is like, you know, I want to act on this quick, so let me know when you can. You know, I and 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 to me, things like that are like the dominant dominant statements to put a pressure and a time like to make you feel to make you act beyond your own responsible cognition and responsibility mm-hmm. and i think most men propose due to the pressure of feeling like she's ready and i'm not okay so and women need to be like- responsible for that I do think that women should hold themselves accountable for that, but they don't necessarily need to apologize for that. For example, I'm turning 35 next month. And I'm running Still here. out of time. I'm running out of time when it comes to certain things. Um, I would like to remarry and do those things. So if someone decides they want to be in a relationship with me, I'm being very straightforward on what my expectations are and the things I would like to have for myself. And I think that by putting it out there that this is what I want, I want to make sure that my partner is in the same headspace. Now there will be times that somebody going to want to be with me, but they don't necessarily want the same things that I, I do. And they're like, wow, when I looked at the next five years of my life, marriage wasn't on the table or marriage wasn't a desire for me. But since I know that that's something important to you, Maybe I'll consider it or I have this desire to make you happy and that's why I'm going to do it. And I feel that that's healthy and that's okay as long as he doesn't feel like the only reason why he's doing it is because he's being coerced into doing it. But so I think, while, go ahead. No, I, I, while women should understand, not they, they shouldn't put unfair pressures on men, but they should be aware of how those those pressures do weigh heavily on men. But at the same time, I'm going to give you the opposite end of the spectrum. Let's talk about the women who get proposed to. And it's a complete surprise. They weren't expecting for a homie to pop the question. And he just did it because he was genuinely in love with her and doesn't want anyone else to, to scoop her up. In that case is the woman then pressured and when she, she didn't even see it coming. So I think ultimately it's just, to, it's important to make sure both partners on the same page and that you're not excessively pressuring your partner to do some shit that they told you they don't want to do. All right. So you said you're running out of time or you, you feel like there's things that you want to do and don't want to really have to wait a long time. Yeah. I mean, I don't have kids. I would like to get married before having kids. So shit on, like that on, on marriage. So you meet a guy who has potential right like you see potential you told him mm-hmm. your concerns but then he proposes to you before you feel like you're ready to marry him but he makes a spectacle you know how people do they do it at a restaurant they do it somewhere to make mm-hmm. it a thing mm-hmm. how do you say do you say yes do you say no? How do you deal with that situation when it's a, a spectacle? And it's okay. it's, a, it's a surprise and you are you're on the fence. Like, you don't you're not yay, but you're definitely not nay. Nay. It depends on if I love the person or not and whether or not 
never had this vision of myself being married to that person because I feel like it's pretty reasonable to expect that everyone's asked themselves that question, regardless if their relationship's at the appropriate stage or not of like, yo, could I marry this person? I feel like ask themselves that, like, is this someone that I could marry, you know, and be like, hell nah, because whatever, you know, you find a reason to say no. But I don't know. I would have to kind of assess the situation. And one thing is like, I couldn't see myself turning down the proposal of everyone. But I think that once the lights and cameras and everything's off and the, and we have some one-on-one time together, it's like, you know what, John? I am open to marrying you. But it's before so we decide... To, up. But, but I'm to marrying you. Something that I work towards but before eight and before we you know do all that here's some things i would i would like to see happen i think that that's fair it's like i'm your fiance now like i'm i'm in the role of fiance but some things i want to see or we t- i think that that's fair but you say yes you could just say no because i don't think we there like you're saying I, yes with an asterisk when the answer is no. I'm I'm telling you I'm I'm willing to marry you. I am your fiance. I accept this engagement, but before we tie the knot, I just want to see a couple things. I want to see a couple things from us, whether it's growth related, whether it's a few changes. I mean, it's let's let's say it's like it's conditional. Listen. A, a, a ring is a conditional gift which is the reason why women have to get give it back when they get sued by their ex-fiance the judge will say you accepted that gift under the condition that you would marry that person shout out to the judge uh, but but what if yeah, they said what if, what, if, what if said guy he knows you want to be married. You are ready to marry. You want to marry this man. Mm. And he proposes to you. Not really. He is willing to marry you. And he proposes to give you what you want. Mm-hmm. But there's some things he wants to see before we start planning the wedding. Mm hmm. How do you take that? I think that both I think that both parties should should I think I should be open to hearing what are the changes that he wants to see in me if they're reasonable, then make the effort to to fulfill that request. If it's unreasonable, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Um, but I feel like you, the other person should also Okay, let me because that's irresponsible for him to propose to you if that's not where he's ready to be. Yeah, like don't propose to me and then tell me I need to change shit. Maybe then we why should have this conversation yes. before you pop the question because I wasn't expecting it. I didn't plan it, mm. so I didn't have an opportunity to prepare to give you prerequisites before you proposed to me because I didn't know you were going to propose to me. Now, would you? So I have to re- cut. I have to capitalize on the first opportunity possible to express myself in that way. But then I feel like to be fair, if it's John that proposes to me and I'm like, okay, John, I would like to see a few things change for us, ABC and XYZ. Now, John, 
are there any changes that you would like to see from me? I just want to make sure that before we get married, that we're both completely happy with one another. But, but I think most women want um, the proposal to be a surprise. So do you really want to sit down and have a negotiation before the man proposes to you? Um, Must we deliberate feel, on this? I don't feel, I feel like this. I feel like if you're interested in being a good partner, you should be having these conversations, even if marriage isn't something you're considering. You should always be interested in knowing and understanding the expectations of your partner. And if their expectations are reasonable, st striving to fulfill their needs in that way, you know, that's whether or not marriage is a topic. So those conversations should be had regardless, in my opinion. So all in all, Oh, before I transition, um, how much does the weight of the opinions of your friends uh, weigh into um, how far you proceed into uh, engagement towards marriage? So let's say you are engaged mm -hmm. and your friends people that you care about or family um just he just doesn't sit right with them how much does their opinion weigh into um you know where we go into completing this uh cycle i don't know are you asking me at me personally or or as a concept generally speaking i'm a, personally me personally, it, it weighed very heavily. Um, for those listening, you won't know this, but Ro, you know what I went through a year ago. That And I ended up in Idaho because I had a, a scammer boyfriend, okay? And before I had to go make that trip to Idaho and do some gangsta ass shit. Hold on, hold um, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is this episode still up? Yeah. You know the name yeah. of the episode? Um, nah, I not, want people. I want people to go look at this, listen to this episode. I'm, go ahead, we'll continue. put it in the notes. I'm a, yeah. Okay. So, like, the dude was a scammer. I ended up having to fly across the country. Shit got wild, and you know, it always rings in my head that if I would have listened to the advice of my brother and listening to the advice of my best friend, that I could have probably avoided a lot of shit because. Both of them told me they were like, mm, eh, something about this guy not feeling it. And I feel like when when you finally find a partner that you feels good for you and they meet your brother or your friends, if they're like they if they're gonna be genuinely excited for you, if they feel like you met someone who's good, they're gonna be like, Oh yeah, I like him. Oh, th they're gonna let you know, you know, because they're very comfortable. They right. don't have any reason to hate, you know, unless they have some secret weirdo incestual or weird ass crush on you or some. It would have to be some bizarre, crazy ass shit for them to not keep it funky in that situation. So all in all, in short, what I'm saying is that if there is no squares in your circle, OK, yeah. and, the, and, the, and the people in your circle are very true to you and they really mean the best for you and they're not being overly possessive or crazy about you like if they're genuine 
people just trying to protect you, it's worth listening to what they have to say because sometimes they can see things that you can't see when you have the love goggles on. And that's, and that's real. Well, I'm going to leave that there. But y'all need to definitely go uh, to wherever you stream podcasts. Go listen to the Zio and Rome podcast. There's an episode where she talks about this, this journey. And yeah, you'll have to find it on Spotify. It's on there. Yeah. And this is one of the most compelling. This was one of the most amazing stories I heard you tell. <laughs> and I was yeah, captivated. It should have been a movie. Bizarre, man. I mean, it still can be. I feel like it needs to be. It definitely needs to be. It's another one of these Hulu classics. If you hear, you heard how Rome earlier just went right into character to John, I think his name was. Well, John. So I got an email. We're going to end with this. I wanted to talk about Clubhouse and academics, but I oh. want to get this email. I want to get to this email. Are you in Clubhouse? I'm not because I got a Android or Galaxy. Oh, Clubhouse um, is only on iPhone? Yeah. Sorry. Are you on Clubhouse? I am. Um, My premium membership just ended, though. I don't know if I'm going to join, join, but... You know, I got some plugs in the industries and shit. So, you know. Yeah, you know, I got some plugs I met too. But I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, sir. Yeah. Nah. That wasn't the plug, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, well, I'm going to talk about it real quick. Do you have an opinion on academics? And the culture of know. clout? I don't I don't know anything about that situation. I mean just him in general. I re- I feel like I'm not Oh, academics. This is the guy that used to be with Joe Budden on that one show. Uh, Everyday struggle. Yes. Um I don't know. He just comes off very goofy to me. That's that's the impressions he's left on me in the past. Um, just a goofy, misinformed guy that maybe speaks on things he's not knowledgeable enough about, like talks out his ass type shit. That, that's the impression he's always left on me. What happened? Well, academics was on Clubhouse and they destroyed that young man. Um, he came on there. Uh, so the big the bigger part of the news is um, the roasting. Well, not even the roasting. The conversation that was had with him and Meek Mill. Um, it was him. I mean, it was a lot of pe- people in this room. Meek Mill, Guap Dad, 3000, uh, 21 Savage. Just a lot of industry okay. cats was in here. And okay. I could, uh, and what happened was him and Meek Mill kind of aired out some grievances. On top of that, 21 Savage played a very statesman-like role in this. Like, okay. if you don't fuck with 21 Savage, uh, 21. 21, 21, 21, uh, on God, I'm, I'm going to use this as the uh, screen. Let me get back over here to the OBS. There we go. Let's go to guesting news. So, what happened was they aired their grievance, but it was all it's like a two, three hour 
grown men trying to really help him understand why he is a problem to rap culture, why he is toxic, this whole thing. And some of the things that you talk about, about being misinformed. They're also like the Wendy Williams of rap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with that. <laughs> but it was a very productive conversation, which is kind of weird to say um, when academics is involved. So what happened was Meek was explaining to him like some of the shit that he posts on his in general that's toxic is really um destructive and give me an example so on a level zero to vlad tv how would you rate him Ooh, uh vlad tv <laughs> <laughs> oh okay yeah that's um, problematic <laughs> but, but the thing about the thing about academics is i think why this was important they were trying to help him understand that dude you are a black dude who are who is doing things for clout that's actually destroying what it means to be, you know, an industry figure. So you take someone like Meek Mill who has the troubles that he had in academics. One thing that Meek was saying is like you only post people from Philly when they're shitting on Meek Mill. Like you don't listen to these dudes. You don't like these dudes. You don't play none of their music. But if they say something about Meek, you will post them because... You're going at me on a slick. And it was talking about uh, Tory Lanez was in there as well. It was talking about how. Oh, God. Which was extremely problematic, too, because you agree with some of the things Tory Lanez was saying. Um, But the gist of it was about morality. It's like you don't have any morals. And you listen to academics trying to talk his way in circles around like you've heard him on. <clears throat> the show and they're trying to really nail him down and say look listen stop explaining stop defending shit you ain't you have no value to uplifting the culture you're destructive yeah 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 and and 21 i'm gonna say this 21 was moderating trying to say well how do we help what do we tell academics to help him be better Mm-hmm. and to pe- shut the fuck up i mean that there's, there. that's meek mill's position because meek was saying why are we even negotiating with him like he has no he value. should know better he has mm-hmm. no purpose he does what he does why are we even sitting here you know having this i don't have to negotiate with him he's a nobody someone like tory lanes is like well eh well i don't agree with that but what he's he's got to be a somebody if we're having a conversation about well that's that's where 21 and Tori was at well like for him to even be in here obviously he means something to the culture i mean and you mad at him you got a lot to say so clearly clearly matters now you didn't pose a question to me but because i have certain industry involvement and i'm also involved in a situation um, where I work very closely with someone who's developing some artists. And sometimes people don't realize and understand how hard these artists work to make a name for themselves, to network and to make these connections, 
what have you. And all it takes is for one one person with a platform to say one fucked up thing about them. And it's going to set that artist back tremendously after everything they just worked hard for. And it's just like, I think that people with a platform need to remember that words mean things and words can have an impact. But I feel like some people, and it sounds like academics may be one of these people that's like, it's my opinion. I can say whatever the fuck I want, but you need to realize that when you say things like it can have an effect on people. And if you want to choose to be ignorant to that, I think that that's irresponsible. And when you listen to him, try to defend himself. Well, let me try something real quick. I'm going to see. Can you hear this audio? And if you can't, then it's not going to work. Can you hear this? Nope. Okay. Then we won't do that. Um, but what? Um, let me get back over here. But one thing where 21 Savage was saying that, well, he was telling Meek that, you know, if we wasn't doing the shit in the streets that academics can promote, then he have he'll have no, no controversy to promote. So in ways we have to be accountable for our actions as well so that a person like him can't use it against us and use it to continue continue to perpetuate these negative images of the culture when it's so much positive they was even challenge him as well as like you do all this bullshit but you don't never post anything about a turkey drive or giving back to the community or doing any charity work like so anyone was like I, I rap about a bunch of bullshit because you know it is what it is but i always i also go out and do financial literary stuff in the hood and stuff like that but you just sit up here and just yell and you know I mean, what we know academics to be. The, the point of bringing this up is it's online. You can check it out. It is probably one of the most productive conversations that I've heard in rap that well, involves academics. Go ahead. When we talk about it being productive, did academics walk away from it, acknowledging or holding himself accountable for you, any of the concerns? You felt like he was near the end and here's That's the good. twist here's the twist the next day ebro and them talked about it and academics like academics was going in talking about because they talked about the six nine stuff as well but academics went in talking about i made all this money this year and this year i'm not worried about the money from six nine i'm not worried about the money from complex which negated the whole conversation in Clubhouse because the point that was making is you profited off of Chirac and creating these negative images that made you money because one of the things they were saying is like stop promoting that shit you can promote music and so much other things that you could promote other than the bullshit then Tory Lanez calls in to academics show and it's one of those situations where you've had an argument and you lost the argument, but you go home and you think about all the shit you would have said. That's pretty much what academics did with Tory. And Tory said something about like, if you know, he judged people based on if he would have kicked it with them in high school. And he said he would have kicked it with academics in high school. And that told me that's everything that's I need to know about Tory Lanez. Yeah, that that's that 
that says a lot and we believe you um look here's the thing i feel like there's so many positions that a quote-unquote journalist can take in these dynamics because i feel like whether it be academics or anyone else there's always going to be those people who only speak about the negative you know what i mean let's take ourselves out of culture and entertainment let's talk about customer service nine times out of ten people will call in to complain and one time out of 10, they'll call to to say something good and give you a compliment. It's just human nature. Right. He, we love drama and we love negativity sometimes. And some people are making businesses and thriving off that and profiting off that. And a lot of that happens in the entertainment space and, and with journalists. So I understand there's a lot of money to be made in that space. However, I feel like there's also an opportunity to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa this situation happened and this this other journalist is harping on the negative, but I feel like I want to give a platform to the artist to speak on this and say their piece. Like, cause there's two sides of, of everything. We don't know how old this video is. We don't like as a journalist, you can take on a very fair stance. That's not going to hurt that artist. And, and, and an, it's actually going to give them an opportunity. So my thing is like, as a journalist, you have a choice on what side yeah. you want to be on, how you want to approach things. And I feel like the way he moves, it seems as though he doesn't take any interest in trying to be neutral. He he just wants to clout chase the yeah. negative shit. You know what I mean? And it's very selfish, in my opinion. Um, that was have- part of the bigger conversation is, you know, like uh, a rapper, King Vaughn dies and another rapper goes piss on his grave and he posts that and they're like you don't have to post that kind of bullshit and and what 21 was on is like you know as real niggas we got morals he don't care about his morals the way that we care about him he has morality but he don't stand on it you know because it's beneficial for him if I'm posting on some shit if I'm posting that visual and I know how compelling that or I know how that visual is going to give that. What is it called? That that gasp factor, like, oh, my gosh, that shock factor. Right. It's like it's not going to be posted without a caption. Like, I don't stand for shit like this. This is disgraceful. This is degrading. Like I can post it, get the benefit of shock factor and speak out against it. So another point they made is that even the commentary like you don't you can post something and you don't have to say the type of shit you say the type of shit you say is inciting violence it's helping mm-hmm. you know when you post one of meek's examples like you post two you post a, a story and then right under that it's another story about the rival gang and they're now yeah. just doing shit for the post they're not doing nothing about no music they're not doing nothing about no culture they are doing violent shit because they know that you going to put that shit out there. I think ultimately we should just strive to be good humans. And it's hard to be a good, a good human if you're not a good human. And I think that's what's happening here. Um, that's All right. That's academics and clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> now I was trying to get to this, that earlier when you was talking about uh, the reason why you delete it that post yeah, I was yeah. Like, that I, been a- that's why i said i feel like this took us all the way back to the starting point because i you know i am involved to a, a very minimal degree 
with these international artists that work so hard, man. And then you just got this one big person in the industry that does some fuck shit. And then it's like, you just made it 10 times harder for us to execute all the shit we've been working so hard on, you know? And it's like, you motherfuckers don't think before you speak sometimes and you just be setting motherfuckers back. And it's like, it's not okay. It's, it's not okay, man. I just wish people would just think about what they're saying. I'm not saying I want to silence them, but I'm just saying like, if you're going to, if you're going to do some shit like that, just think it through all the way. And, um, excuse me. And, um, like I said, if you're going to be posting shit for shock factor, just make sure your caption is in alignment with what's right. You know, like just, just, just try to just ask yourself, like, is this right? And is this okay? Just taking pause to ask yourself those questions. I mean, could do, can change the game tremendously. This showed me that ACT has arrested development personally. Um, it's one of those things when you give someone too much too early before they yeah. could figure out, before they could navigate it. Like if you win, mm-hmm. I could tell you how to spend probably about $200,000. But if you gave me a million dollars, I got to learn how to live with a million dollars. I got to learn a new way of thinking. And he fell up mm-hmm. and, and used so much of that nasty, controversial shit that, that he got a win out of that. Joe Button helped bring him along. He got a win out of that. Like, Bro, six I think nine. that, like, I, I think even when I posted that tweet this morning, I, I didn't even expect to get one retweet. You know what I mean? And I got many of them and I got 600 likes. I really underestimated myself and my reach and the impact, impact I would have on people. And I feel like if I would have been mentally prepared or would have expected that, I don't think I would have posted it at all. And I think that that happens a lot, you know? So I think it's, very human to make a mistake like that but how many times can you make the same mistake of saying stupid shit posting stupid shit but you gotta get these jokes off though like what you did was a joke that ended up living and breathing what he does Mm. is purposely creating the energy of irresponsibility That's that's not, that's not, that's and we not need to okay. get rid of people like that. So yeah, I think that giving these people jobs and they're not qualified for them is a a big problem, and I think it extends beyond entertainment. But that's a whole nother conversation. So we're gonna go ahead and shut it down. I wanted to read the email, but this is a long one. It's funny, but we've been here a minute. Um, what I want to do though. I want to know the email now. Well, you fuck it. it. Let's do the email. I ain't. Don't nobody pay me to do this. I can. <laughs> All right. So this is email. Let me let me switch the, the the screen here. Uh, almost. We'll do that. Um, so I'm gonna read this email. This email from a listener. Almost kidnapped. It goes, I went on, I went on this date with a guy who I met at a gas station one day. 
which was weird, but it's the Rona and things are slow and you meet people how you meet them. So after a week of texting and talking, he made plans to go out and eat. So we went to a uh, restaurant and they they had a. Their wait was long, so he went in and tried to bribe the hostess to move us up in the list. But he was loud as fuck. These people. Hold on. I lost my screen. There we go. Uh, he, he was telling these people, I'll give you $30 right now. She wouldn't do it. So we left and I left my car at Cheddar's and we went to this barbecue spot. On the way there, uh, on the way there he stops the Taco Bell because he wasted something on his shirt. So I'm sitting in the car while he's inside. And when he came out, all I see is him giving a middle finger and hollering to whoever's inside. He gets back in the car. And I was like, was there a problem? He was like, yeah, they didn't want to want me to use the bathroom. And ain't nobody finna fucking tell me I can do something as simple as dry my shirt off. Fuck them. They don't want these problems. Taco, Taco Bell ass bitches. And at this point, I'm like, okay, he's ignorant as fuck. I'm over it. So we get to the barbecue spot and we're leaving and he gets on the highway. I was like, where are you going? He's like, to the house, to my house. And I'm like, well, my car, I want to, I want my car. And he was like, oh, I didn't know. And he proceeds to continue down the highway. I was like, say my nigga, we're going to go get my car now. I will just follow you to your house. Hold on. <laughs> it was lights out for a minute. Uh, where was I? At? My lights went out. <laughs> 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 it's, it's back up now. Like, what? Uh, <laughs> the video's on a delay, so I didn't peep. I'll see it in a few yeah, minutes. Yeah, you'll see it. <laughs> oh, there you go. I see Let's it now. Chill the rest of the time. Okay, so I guess. So I guess he got <laughs> he gets an attitude. Ghost part of the story. (laughs) So I guess he gets an attitude, but the nigga took me to my car. So I followed him to his place, and it was real chill for the rest of the time. But of course, he was trying to be all up on me. And if I'm not feeling you, uh, I really shut the fuck down. Like I just cannot. So we are on the couch, and he got his arm around me, trying to pull me close, hold my hand, kiss my shoulders, and shit. And in my head, I'm like. Nigga, how's you all over someone uh, you don't even know like that? Because niggas. But he, bro- <laughs> <laughs> he broke down a cigar and licked all on it and was like, you want to roll it? And I'm like, nah, you done sucked all on it. And he was like, we're going to be tonguing in a little bit anyway, so what's the problem? Because <laughs> niggas. Um <laughs> So we smoked, ate, drank, chilled, and it's like 10, so I'm finna bounce and get the fuck up, get me the fuck up out of there. So I go to leave, and he's like, let's go get drinks. I was like, nah. Okay, well, let's go to the casino. And I'm like, nah. But I'm going to pay for everything, and I'm like, nah, <laughs> I don't want to. Then he says, let's go to Shreveport. For context, she's in Dallas. Shreveport is like six hours out. Where I'm at. I was like, you're going to keep throwing out bigger and bigger shit trying to see what's going to pull me. I said, I'm going home. Uh, Like, nigga, I didn't know what to expect. Literally, I met him coming out of a gas station at four and he had linked up for dinner. 
uh let me see my ass is like cool no pressure just trying to link up and chill and get to know each other but i ended up sharing my location with my homegirl uh because this nigga was definitely not trying to take me to my car and i was on the brink of getting real fucking ignorant that's the email now is there a question i got a question they just were sharing because they wanted me to talk about it how do you deal because here's the part when i was reading that and i got on the screen about being almost kidnapped how quick human trafficking situations can happen out of something so simple yes bro i i really don't think i'm the appropriate person to speak on this matter because i'm not most women and i'm i can get very violent and crazy i I don't think i'll give good advice what's the no let's that's because i'll in full disclosure the reason i picked this email because this person is relatively like you in terms of the type of ignorant shit can go real quick for a situation like okay All right. So first of all, to all the ladies and our men listening to this that may find themselves with styling grace, allow me to like. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like we've already. okay. it was first date with the guy after chopping it up with him and your first in-person interactions. The first of all, bribing someone to get ahead of the line at Cheddar's (laughs) really just painted (laughs) <laughs> my bougie ass my bougie ass like that's the one I ain't trying to fuck with bro you bribing people to get to the head of the line of Cheddar's hey, I thought shout that out, they shout were gonna out the be... Cheddar's I thought I didn't say Cheddar's, cheddars. Well, shout out to Cheddar's I'm not I'm not paying <laughs> yo I like Cheddar's too but I don't want someone bribing to get in the front of the line of... like come on bro whole meal like, gonna be $30 <laughs> I thought it was going exactly <laughs> exactly so that just showed me you need to make notes ladies like this guy is irrational unreasonable and has no respect for others all right then taco bell flipping the finger oh this dude goes zero to a hundred over small stuff very quickly character flaw she should have been making all these mental notes but she was already in the whip and stuff like that so how do you find your exit so once she was inside and things were starting, she was starting to feel uncomfortable. Ladies, I'm going to tell you this right now before you go on a date. Make sure you got your own money and that you got a plan B. So it's good that she had her location on for her friend. But the first thing that I'm thinking in my head is like, bro, it's not that hard to call an Uber. And then when a homie's walling out, being like, Oh, my Uber is waiting for me outside. And I already told my home girl that I'm on the way. So I got to get going this way. He already knows someone knows my address. Someone else is aware of like that way. If he was on some fuck fuckery shit, he can put it together pretty quickly that if something were to happen, like niggas know about you and they know where I'm at. You know what I mean? So I feel like women, we need to, Make sure that we have resources and money. Like if we're going to allow someone to drive us around, we got to make sure that we got a safety net in place for ourselves. Because like you said, 
um, this situation could have went easily less. What if he would have just threw her phone out the fucking window and kept driving? Right. That location setting don't mean shit. Do you? <laughs> it's that simple. Do you think it's important to tell a person out the gate uh, that someone knows where they're at? Um, I don't think so because it's like, let's say if you're going on a date with a guy that has absolutely zero intentions to do anything to, to you, like it corrupt them the wrong way, like, wow, off the cuff, Shorty's putting it out there like I'm so psycho murder. Like it may rub them the wrong way. Um, I feel like I've, I will tell you this, though. Um, I do feel like it's fair to make sure that whoever you're going on a date with to give them a few subtle um, clues or hints that you're like not the one. You have to make sure that you stand in your power and that these guys know that you're fully prepared to take care of yourself regardless of what happens on that date whether it's physical, whether it's financial, whatever the case is, I have no problem letting these motherfuckers know I'm a little crazy because they still going to fuck with me nine times out of 10. Yeah. And I, I feel that that's really important. Nine times out of 10, when I'm dating someone, they know right away that I'm a firearm holder. They know that I have a brother who will set the world on fire if something were to happen to me. But there's very subtle ways to go about making sure people know about those things without being like, oh, by the way, I, I got my location settings off so my brother know where I'm at. And by the way, he's a savage. It could be like, <clears throat> hey, do you have any siblings? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have a brother. We're really, really close. I mean, that's my right hand right there. In fact, I'm supposed to be linking up with him at the gun range tomorrow. By the way, <laughs> do you shoot? He was shot. He's shooting his shot right now. Do you shoot? You get what I'm saying? So it's like you got to find ways to paint the picture for them so they can peace. Because if they're predatory and their intentions are to do something to harm you, put some feelers out there that's going to discourage them from making that type of move on you. Do you still Scare go to away. his place after... um? all the initial drama like having I to mean, tell him to take you to your car you still go to his place i mean here's the thing she they were already en route to the point where she had to ask them where they were going yeah so this guy made a decision to start making moves without consulting with her and being like hey is it okay with you if we go to my place so my thing is like how did she even have an opportunity to decide if she was going to his place or not that's scary and that goes to show that he had absolutely no respect for her and her desire of whatever she wanted to do that night and even when she expressed hey but what about my car and he made no attempt to accommodate that like that's extremely dangerous so my thing is like if it were me in the car a homie was like oh um <laughs> we going to my place yeah. and i'm like but what about my car and he's like oh yeah and he's still driving to his place I'm low-key texting my homegirl, come scoop me, yo, send me an Uber, or if I don't know the location yet, like, yo, I'm going to send you a pen in a little bit, can you please send an Uber for me? And then as soon as I walk out, as soon as I get out the car, I'm going to make it seem like I'm walking in this place, I'm going to start walking in the opposite direction. 
if I ain't feeling the vibe, I'm gonna be like, you gonna be like, where you going, Shorty? I'm like, I'm out, nigga. You wildin'. <laughs> what he gonna do? Tackle you to the ground and act wild? I already my friend. <laughs> that's the wildest shit. Like the one thing I'm learning as an adult male. Niggas do do some wild shit. Like, just play it cool. Lie, be like, "Yo, can we stop by the store really quick so I can get, so I can get something?" And then just start wilding out in the store, talking really loud. Like, why aren't you following me? Like, (laughs) you gotta get smart. Y'all need to start. Y'all need to start this. It's a fake scenario, shit, man. I got them queued up. I don't even know what to say because <laughs> I also know the backstory that people need to go listen to. This is how insane this shit can get. Um, it can very quickly. So it's like because it can go bad so quickly, I do think that women should play a few scenari- role play a few scenarios in their head so that if something were to happen, they can just get into character and, you know, not have to think so much on their feet because it could be a matter of life or death man or, or slavery or sex slavery or freedom like yeah it's critical well rome thank you for doing the first official twitch live stream of the kind of famous podcast thank uh, you for having me this is the plan for the future like I said, a lot of, uh, you can still listen to the audio version. I'm going to try to figure out how to make that work. You can still listen to the audio okay. version on wherever you stream podcasts. On Twitch, twitch.tv slash rope is famous. Is uh, what we're going to live stream the podcast. If you're listening to audio right now and you want to see this, you can go see it that way. I'm going to figure out a way to possibly put the replay on um, Facebook as well. Facebook and YouTube. See how that works. Okay. I'm excited to see where this goes for me. Um, I'm excited for you. I was just going to say, I'm excited to see what's to come for you. I'm excited for, I'm excited for you in general. So I'll be plugged in for sure. And I'm so thankful that you reached out to me and asked me to be a part of this. Because I know that you're going to tell these stories <laughs> that are going to capture <laughs> Life is crazy, son. So make sure you go follow me on Roe is Famous on Instagram and Twitter. Rome, do you want to share your social media while you got things jumping? Yeah, IG and Twitter, Mother Rome, M O T H A R O M E. Boom. You can't can you talk about the artists that you are supporting, or is that one of those things that gotta keep low? Um, these artists are international artists, so even if I mention them, it'd be very unlikely that many people here would um know about them. Um they are in the African market, so um, you know, very talented guys and um I'm very excited to see what's to come for them and and to have witnessed their journey so far. And man, if, I, if things were to line up in a way for me to be more involved, like as a partner, I, I would love to invest in these guys' careers. I mean, I feel that good about them. So 
Yeah, man. We got. Speaking I try to get out the game, but it keeps calling me, bro. You know what I'm saying? Dropping them bars. We saw you do some yo, bar, yo. bar school. Bar school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we uh actually speaking of music and things to come, I do in 2021 have several projects coming out. Um, one being a political documentary over Sarah Lopez called "While We Wait" and the controversy that went into her election uh we was there with her on election night all the way to the day that she found out she actually won uh the seat and she was it's a david and goliath type of story and she beat goliath um what else we got i got another series i forgot the name already what (laughs) come on i got too many got too many uh i think it's called let's talk i think it's called let's talk got that coming and i got another music related series i love keeping some music projects in the tuck but this one i'm excited about it's the producers challenge i ain't gonna tell you what the challenge is i put out the um the teaser for it with a very accomplished uh producer as the first one i'm looking forward to doing many more I'm, I'm probably going to do two or three more before I put them out because it's my challenge and I oh. don't want nobody to steal my challenge. But I created oh, this wow. show. I'm excited about it. It's inspired by shows like uh, Deconstructed and Rhythm Roulette. Uh, producers, now we are focusing on producers and production and I give them I'm a challenge. Very that much introdu- I'm very much interested in that one. I, if you haven't seen the teaser, I'm going to send it to you. But it was dope. Um, it was a great experience. It's a lot more cleaner production because I'm actually looking at it um, to be a direct competitor for uh, Rhythm Roulette and Deconstructed. So if you're a showrunner and you want to get a part of this, hit me up. K-I-N-D-A, famous pod at gmail.com. But I'm excited for this because I really love, I love movies. I love creating, but I love music a whole lot more and uh, put together another music project that is focused on the people that actually make the music part of it. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. Uh, 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 where, the, where the rhythm comes from. Well, producers can make or break a project. I mean, no matter, you can have an amazing lyricist, but without a talented producer, it's very yeah. difficult to have a good song. So. They play a very important role. Very important role. And 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 usually you hear the tags and stuff like that. But the part of this is like you really get an essence. Um, I don't want to say that because it's not a purist show, but it's to show you how complicated it actually is to make a beat versus you thinking that's a simple beat. Sometimes that simple thing doesn't happen. Over, a lot and, goes into you know, it for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited about that. That's that's that's, that's I'm gonna send it to I'm gonna send this to you. But this is like my 2021 slate. I also have the movie Good Night, my short film, another narrative, a psychological thriller. Uh that Ooh, will I be coming. Those. So that's, that's another great. short. And you know, one thing I wanna say this, I wanna say this before we go. Is as a, for my creative people, we spend a lot of time, the good ones. 
spend a lot of time trying to prove how good we are. We spend a lot mm-hmm. of time trying to prove our worth in the things that we do. There has to become a time where you stop proving something and just know that it's proven and do the work. Just mm-hmm. do the things that you enjoy. Stop putting the pressure to prove something to someone on yourself. Cause it's really mm-hmm. you trying to um, get past the, the treacherous, treacherous imposter syndrome. It's really what it you is. You don't need permission to be great. Yeah. There's power, there's power and control and ownership. And it's okay to be good. One thing I learned in uh, shooting less talk and talking to people, having difficult conversations, one of the people, Christina Long, a businesswoman, a serial entrepreneur, was telling me about how she learned that it's okay to be good. You don't have to make everything great. You don't have to be great. Good can be enough. Most people have trouble just getting started and doing something. So, you know, I think ultimately just doing something and following your heart and educating yourself and journey, enjoying the journey, the growth and the process um, is vital, you know. Um, So I know what it I know what it's like to have amazing ideas, but to feel completely paralyzed in the struggle, bringing those ideas to light because it's terrifying. But once you do get the ball rolling, just trying your best to relax, to stick with it and to allow to be kind to yourself, let things grow, um, get better with time. You need to, you don't need to have the biggest and best equipment out the gate. You can grow into it and develop. That's what most businesses do. They start at point A and they add on and they improve and they grow. Just try to enjoy it the best you can, but just doing something is a good start. A really, really good start. That's it. And if you are, um, you know, Corona, COVID-19 has made it mentally difficult for a lot of people. Stick in there, get help, talk to somebody. All the cliche shit that people say does work. So try it. Or do, you know, medicinal things that help. You got to stick in there. It's tough on everybody. You're not the only one. It's a lot of people who are just like you, even if you think it's not. So just take things one day at a time and do the best you can. That's it. Until next time, tell your mama I said hi. Hi. <laughs> Bye. Bye. So in light of you being kind of famous. Why the hell I'm kind of famous? Who the hell she knows?